chasing the highlight Trying to satisfy my soul All the lies I believed in Lift the crying like the rain He loved us. He picked us first. So hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for choosing us first. 
We're never going to be ashamed of him. Hallelujah. Well, if you're new here, we would love to get to know you a little better. So there are some forms right in the seat in front of you. If you want to fill that out for us, go around and greet some of your family of faith and kids. You can head downstairs. It's good to see you tonight. Let's uh, let's get prepped for tithing off and, and get that ready. If you need a tithing offering envelope, uh, there's one in the seat in front of you, or you can wave your hand around, and one of our ushers will help you out. But it's good to have you. So um, let me pray over tithing offering, and if you do have something to give tonight, you can bring it on down. Lord, we thank you uh, for an opportunity to be able to give, Lord, and and uh, continue in our worship tonight. And I, I pray, Lord that as we give and uh, that we're simply living in a place of faith in you. You're our provider. You're the one who meets our needs, our trust, our hope. We put everything into you and nothing else, Lord. And, and I thank you that you are a provider. And our, our tithe and our offering is simply just a response to who you are to us. And we thank you for all the provision in our lives, the stories we can tell the many times that you've, you've met our needs and showed up when, when no other way was possible. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Everybody says, amen. amen. If you have something, you can run it down. A um, couple super quick announcements. Uh, don't forget, this coming Sunday, we got our vision casting day. Um, so church is just going to be a tad shorter. And if, if you have, uh, well, I'll say if you have, if this is your home church, I encourage you to stay with us for, for a while. So we're going to be uh, updating everybody on um, uh, where finances are, uh, what's going on with our, our remodeling, renovation of the building, uh, some vision for kids and youth and things like this. So uh, we try at least once a year. We should probably do it more than that, but we're, we did it at, in August last year, I think, or September. Uh, we're doing it, uh, obviously, in August this year. Just, just a, a time where I can uh, communicate with you what's going on, and that's important for you to know, right? And so we're going to update you on things on Sunday. So what we're going to do is we're going to order uh, a bunch of pizza in for everybody, so we'll kind of get a count of who's staying on Sunday, order some pizza. And then, of course, uh, we got like five tubs of ice cream left over from our ice cream socials. So we'll probably break that out again. And um, then after that, for those of you who want to stay, uh, there is a, a game time, and some people have been asking about playing games and hanging out and doing that. So when we're done with that, for those that want to, you can hang out and play some games. What they're asking is if you have, if you want to stay, uh, go ahead and maybe bring a snack or something. To How many of y'all cannot play games unless you're snacking? Anybody, you know what I'm talking about. So bring a snack of some sort, and, uh, and they have a schedule. They got a way they got it lined up. They got a plan. 
so I, I won't go over it now. But if you want to know the plan, see Kelly. Oh, they got prizes, millions of dollars. No, okay, I'm sorry. So not millions of dollars. Um, <laughs> but they have prizes, they have games, they have different things and, and things going on. So if you want to know what's happening, see Kelly and she'll update you on that. So other than that, uh, that's all I have. Uh, anybody, uh, by the way, we, we got some people that I know are sick, Tom and Chris and different people are sick. So keep them in your prayers and uh, always want to uphold them in prayer. I hope they're, hope they're watching live stream. By the way, if you're watching live stream, good to see you. Say hi on the, on the thread. And if you have a prayer request, put it on there. We'd love to pray with you. But uh, anybody have anything, a testimony, something to share that God is up to that you'd be bold enough to share with us tonight? You can stand up at your seat and just, just share. Just something, something God is up to that's a testimony. I can think, I, there's got to be something here in the house, right? Yes, Felicia's got one. Okay, go ahead. You go on one leg, kind of. Ooh, check it out. Wow, so. So in a couple Sundays, you're going to do a cartwheel and show, yeah, okay. We'll, we'll be looking for it. Well, good. Um, you know, you know just, just by the way, um, you, you never want to get weighed down by all the things happening in the world. But you don't also want to be comfortably numb to it either. The Bible says, blessed are those who mourn. One of the reasons we mourn is because we see the fallenness of our world. And we mourn in it, and God comforts us in that. So you don't want to be so weighed down to it, but at the same time, you don't want to be numb to it. So we need to be praying about all things happening. So just, just in the last few days, so you have the, the big earthquake in Haiti, praying for God's mercy. Obviously, the situation in Afghanistan, uh, and now uh, the situation for the, the ladies that are there and, and, and the Christians, and, and that's just a bit of a big picture. So praying for what's going on with Afghanistan. Um, obviously, the continuation of everything with, with, with the, the virus worldwide and, and in our nation and all these different things. And, and that even touched your personal life. I know, I know for Margot and I, uh, we found out a young man uh, that our son was friends with that was in my youth group growing up, uh, passed away on Thursday or Friday. I don't know the exact details, but it's just, it just a lot of stuff happening, you know, and you don't want to be weighed down that you can't function, if you know what I'm saying. But at the same time, you don't want to be so numb you ignore. So we have to engage in the ways we know how to engage. And the biggest way is obviously prayer. And that's where we start. And what we can do beyond that, do it. But we have to be praying. Okay, so make sure we're, we're people of prayer about these things. So uh, however you do that, be a person of prayer. And lift these things up. And let's engage God and continually invite him into these situations. It's not only for wisdom, but for strength and, and to do what we can't do in all these situations. Amen. So let, let's, just, let's just pray for a minute. I'm not going to call all these things out specifically. Let's just pray. Lord, Lord, we, you know all the things that are happening in our world and, 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 and it's just never ending. It's just it, one, one thing after another, week upon week, year upon year. 
And we live in this time where we're waiting for your return and this world that, that so much goes on. I pray, Lord, in these situations that are happening right here, right now, real time, we invite you and your mercy and your grace and your strength and your power and your wisdom to, to, to invade into it, to be a part of it, to work your way into it, Lord Jesus. Uh, healing and strength and deliverance and all these different things, Lord. And I, I pray uh, you do things beyond our understanding. But, Lord, you are God. We lean on you. And even as we were, we were talking about Sunday together, it, that, that one psalm, uh, God is our refuge of strength and ever-present help in trouble. Even if the world gives way, we stand in you, Lord, and, and so much as ever in, in our times right now. Lord, we, th we thank you for your response to all of our prayers in Jesus' name. Everybody says, amen. amen. Be, be people of prayer. Amen. Engage the enemy. But Paul said our battle is not against what? But where? We take it there. All right? And, and, and he, Jesus teaches us how to deal with flesh and blood, correct? How we deal with each other. But where we fight is the spirit realm. Amen. And we need to be people who fight in the spirit realm. There, there are people in the church that are called to be intercessors. There's a certain gifting that comes there. Not everybody's an intercessor, but everybody's called to pray, if you know what I'm saying. Amen. So everybody should be people of prayer. The Bible says, uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he says, when you pray. He didn't say if you get a chance to or want to or feel like it or he says, when you pray, and then, then it goes into this whole thing. It's not a, a prideful thing. You don't do it in front of people to get the pat on the back. Hey, you're spiritual. Look at you. You pray. But in secret, God rewards what he sees that you do there. All right? So we're people of prayer. Amen? How about this? this Lord, Lord, we worship you. I don't know. I just feel like just worshiping for a minute before we go to the book of Matthew. We praise you, Jesus. Just worshiping right where you're at. In Jesus' name, we worship you, Lord. Your name is to be praised, high above. Lord, Lord, the song we were singing, the second one, talked about the beauty, and, and it caused my mind to just think about the wonder of who you are. Lord, in the midst of this messed up world, you are making all things new. And it's hard to see, Lord. It's, sometimes it's so hard to see, but you're doing it. And I pray we're a part of it. New creation is happening all around us. You're, you're, you're in a subversive work. While the world seems so messed up and so going the other way, your kingdom is working in, in, in a subversive opposition to it. We thank you for that. I pray that newness continues to work inside each one of us as we draw towards what is to come, Lord. But, but in the midst of it, we just praise you and we worship you and we put our hope in you. You are strength. You are wisdom. All things we give to you. We praise you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. You ever get, get in prayer and, and don't know what to say? You know, it's not a bad place, by the way. I don't know why I'm saying this. It's not a bad place. Sometimes, you know, the, the scripture, we read Psalm 46 on Sunday. In, in verse number 10, it says, be still and know that I am God. But the context of that verse is we're still while God fights the battle. You know what I'm saying? 
And sometimes, there, there are times there's just so much, I don't know what to say when I go pray. You know, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. You, you just get still before him, you know, and, and just get in his presence and let him do. There, there's so much that happens in his presence and happens in our worship that beyond, that's beyond our understanding. That that's why you should be a person of, of prayer and worship and these things, because the presence of God that's invoked by these things does things beyond your knowing and understanding. Thank goodness. If he only worked by my knowledge, it'd be a mess. It wouldn't get very far, you know what I'm saying? Or, or be very manipulated to what I think and want, you know? You got to let him do what he wants to do. Because his thoughts and his ways are much beyond what my understanding of what I can do. And so, so in your prayer, you know, I would very much encourage you to take your petitions and requests to him and pray for these things. But also learn to slow down and be quiet with him. So you're not rushing. And, and you're actually uh, invoking his presence in a place of, of, of being still with him. You know? And I think there's a maturity to uh, uh, silence sometimes, especially in charismatic and Pentecostal circles. We like to stay a lot when we pray. We're always gibbering, jabbering, and blah, 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 and we're, amen, we're out of here. And sometimes we have to learn to, to and get in his presence. And you'd be surprised what he does. You may be surprised what you hear, what he says. Sometimes you move so fast that he's trying to respond, and you're out the door, you know. We learn to slow down and be with him. You know, that's so important. That's why sometimes, sometimes in our worship, you know, uh, as a congregation, you slow down and, and there's no singing, maybe just a little music or maybe silence, but that's okay because the presence of God in the room with us, in the, in the house, is going to do much more than we're going to say when we sing. Does that make sense? So you have to have those times. You have, you have to discipline yourself in those times and learn these kinds of things. Anyways, that was a little uh, extra bonus tonight, so I'm kidding. Anyway, Matthew chapter 7 is where we're going. A little extra. That's not what I'm teaching about. Matthew chapter 7. It's just something I was thinking about as I came up here. And let's see, where do we want to go? Verse number, verse number 12. Matthew 7, 12, Sermon on the Mount. We're still talking about discipleship. It wasn't like an official series, but it's just sort of where we've been talking over the last two or three weeks. Matthew chapter 7, Sermon on the Mount, near the end of, of the sermon. Uh, Matthew chapter 5 verse through chapter 7 is what's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's the, it's the longest continual teaching recorded in the scriptures of Jesus. Um, I would encourage you uh, to spend time in the Sermon on the Mount. It's, it's sort of, it's been called the Constitution of uh, the Kingdom of God. You want to put it that way? This is a way of, of thinking, if I want to be a citizen of the kingdom, learn the Sermon on the Mount. And it's very subversive to the way that we think and, and want to live and respond. Um, I've read it enough. You can read it about 12 to 13 minutes at a pretty good pace. That doesn't take much to read through it. And I would encourage you, maybe on a weekly basis, I start every Monday off with the Sermon on the Mount. Every Monday. That's how I, I kick my work week off, Sermon on the Mount. So, in other words, to ingrain into me what Jesus is teaching. But anyways, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse number 12. So whatever you wish others would do to you, 
do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. NIV, other translations, it sums up the law and the prophets. So Jesus is saying, hey, of course, he didn't have a Bible sitting in front of him like this. You, you could take your, your, your Bible and go uh, Old Testament. One of the ways you can sum up everything it says there is do to somebody else what you want them to do to you. That sums up what the law is teaching, what the prophets said. That's like, wow, that's like boiling it down to a sentence, nutshell, you know. Um, and, and that follows Jesus um, saying, ask, it will be given to you. E even if you are evil, you do good things to other people, and they ask, how much more will the, your heavenly Father do good things when you ask? And then, then he comes to this place. So do to others what you will have them do unto you. Then right then he rolls into uh, what we see in verse 13, and enter by the narrow gate. Now, often in your Bibles, does your Bible have headers in the chapters? Okay, so first of all, you guys know that the scriptures didn't have the chapters and verses broke down. You know that. Okay, sometimes, sometimes we don't read in context because we get the end of a chapter and we stop reading. But you've got to learn to read in context. And often, uh, verse 12 and verse 13 are separated by a header, like a, in, in your Bible. And, and, but they go together more than we think. Do, do unto others you would have them do unto you. And by the way, with that, then enter into the narrow gate, right? Okay, so let's read that portion right here. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter into it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard, that leads to life, and those who find it are few. This is a call to discipleship. Now, at this point in the ministry of Jesus and with his disciples and those who are listening, these aren't post-Pentecost uh, uh, Day Christians. These are people that he's still calling to a way of living with him and learning what it means to follow him. In other words, they're learning the essence of discipleship. And this call to a, a narrow road entered by a narrow gate where there's not going to be a whole lot of people is in essence a call to discipleship and following. It kind of connects into uh, doing right to others. And part of doing right to others then as we learn to follow Jesus is a, is, a, is a narrow gate, a narrow road where there's not a whole lot of people with you. So there's a contrast. There's a contrast of a, a narrow gate and a narrow road and a wide gate and a wide road. There's a contrast of destruction and life. And there's contrast of a whole lot of people on one place and not a, a lot of people in the other place. Contrast here. And it's a call to discipleship that those who follow Jesus will find themselves on a narrow road where there might not be a whole lot of other people with you. As a matter of fact, uh, the two words, uh, it says narrow in that, that passage twice. Verse 13, entered by the narrow gate. Then verse 14, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard. Those two narrows are different words in the Greek, and the second one carries a connotation of persecution. So on the way of the narrow road, chances are, 
if you're doing it the way Jesus leads you to do it, there might be persecution that comes with it, but that's part of the deal, and that's one of the reasons why the way is hard. Now, again, if we said this a hundred times, I'm going to say it a million times. Jesus did not promise you an easy life when you follow him. But he promised you a life, and he promised you a road to walk on. But he never said the road would always be easy, right? So we live in everyday life as disciples of Jesus, and I'm going to make a broad assumption. I'm assuming, I'm going to assume most everybody here is a Christian, okay? I don't want to assume too much. I'm also going to assume that beyond that, we're all making choices to be his disciple because those aren't the same thing. You can call yourself a Christian because you pray a prayer of repentance, but make no effort to follow him. And you were just trying to get the goods from him without the follow-up. Don't just try to get the goods from him, do the follow-up. Because once you're forgiven, then he calls you. He doesn't just forgive you and leave you alone. He calls you and says, now come follow me, because not only am I going to forgive you and set you free, but I'm going to make you into something because of the way to live. That's discipleship. Disciple has that word discipline rolling around in it. To be on the narrow road, it takes some discipline. Discipline formed by the words of Jesus and discipline held by the power of the Holy Spirit. But there's discipline. Because, again, there's contrast. You can go on a road where the gate is wide and the road is wide. Or you can go on a road where the gate is narrow and the road's narrow. You can go on a road where there's just a whole lot of people. Or you can go on a road where there's few. And one of them leads to life. And one of them, even though it doesn't seem like it at the moment, leads to destruction. In other words, you have choice. And it takes discipline to be a disciple to make the choice of the narrow gate, the narrow road where there's few people that leads to life. It's your choice. So as a disciple, I think you would all agree with me, you're constantly making choices to be on the road, the narrow road, where it is not always easy, and it may bring some level of persecution, but it is the calling and the following of Jesus. Amen. That's discipleship. See, I don't think, I don't think it's a good idea to flower up discipleship too much. I think God be real about it, honest about it. Rubber meets the road about discipleship. Because what happens is the problem with Christianity is we present um, salvation in a very sugar-coated way sometimes. We talk about all the benefit of forgiveness of your sins, which we all need, but we don't, we don't bring with it this whole following on a narrow road that's not always easy, where there might be persecution, and you may be leaving some people behind that are on the other road. We don't talk about it that way. We like present it with the whole forgiveness of sin, which is the great stuff, but then don't say, hey, but there is a disciplined life that follows, that you have to face choices, that you must decide and be disciplined to your decisions 
to stay on the narrow road. Because the other road, where there's a whole lot of people, is awfully enticing. I mean, know what I'm talking about. It's, it's just be honest. And it's easy to want to hop over the dividing line and jump on that highway. And all the while, and we at times forget, it leads to destruction. Now, there is nobody here that I would honestly think that in your heart of hearts you wish to, to be in a place of destruction in your life. But see, the enemy's sneaky, and, and the wide road is sneaky in a way that it's taking you to destruction without you even realizing it most of the time. It's not, it's not often very upfront with the fact that it leads to destruction. And you have to keep that in your mind and call it for what it is. Remember we were talking about temptation? you got to call it for what it is. When you're tempted, you got to go, that's temptation. That's going to lead to death, and I will not do that. I'm going to flee it, right? you got to call the wide road for what it is. No matter what you're feeling, no matter how enjoyable it may be, even if it seems like everybody's there, it's going to a place you don't want to go. And you've got to make the right choices that lead to life. So discipleship, we're following Jesus. Now, here's words that keep coming up. There's a willingness you must have. There's an obedience you must have. There is a perseverance that you must have. These are words that you talk about discipleship will come up all the time. Willingness, obedience, perseverance. These are things you must develop. I must willingly walk the narrow road. I must obey Jesus in order to stay on it. And when it's hard, I've got to persevere. These are characteristics. Uh, sometime we'll do a series called Ways That Keep Us on the Way, and we'll talk about these in detail. Things that we must develop and have to stay in a place of discipleship. Because it's, uh, it's much too easy to get off the narrow road and get into the wide road. Now, Having said that, understand, though, this is kind of a little, little side thing. Let me just throw this out. The narrow road that has less people on it than the wide road, just understand, there's still people on it. I, I want you to catch this in your heart. <clears throat> Even if it's much fewer, you are never alone. So when the enemy tries to sneak in your head, you are alone. You must say, I am never alone. Even if all you have is Jesus, I am never alone. But, but then, but then well, I wish I had more than Jesus. Okay. There's other people in this room, correct? I know I'm not the only one here. I don't think you're my imagination. You know, nobody showed up, and I'm projecting there's people that came to listen tonight. You're not real. No, it's not the case. There's people. You are not alone. You must engage with others and bring to reality that you are not alone. The church walks the narrow road together. We have made a choice to enter the narrow gate 
to the narrow road, knowing in our heart we come to a revelation that this is leading to life. Life is we're experiencing now, but life to come, right? And even though there's less on here, we're not alone. And as the church, we got to do this together. We help each other on the narrow road. Amen. Now, here's why I know. Let me just throw this out. So when, when I was in high school, I was not living for Jesus, but my parents made me go to youth group now and then anyways. When I couldn't weasel my way out with excuses why I couldn't go. They made me go, Right? And so one of the things that I did when I went to youth group is I would sit back in the corner and talk to nobody. And when it was over, I'd just leave. And I'd say to my mom, I don't have any friends there. Why should I go there? Now, whose fault is that? Right here. It was, it was, it was my nice little plan to give another excuse why I don't have to go to church, right? <clears throat> you have to engage. As a matter of fact, the whole Christian life is you have to engage. You have to engage with him, right? You have to engage in prayer and worship and the scriptures, all these different things. When you come to church, if you engage, you'll realize not only with Jesus but with others, you are never alone. So what we end up doing is walking this narrow road where there may be persecution. It's not always easy. We get to help each other. And we get to bear one another's burdens. And when times get tough, we help each other. And then you'll find when your time's not tough as somebody else's, you get to help them. But we've got to learn to walk this road together because we're called to do this together. Amen. And, and by the way, in that, then, then part of it is that we must learn to admonish one another. So let's say, I'll, I'll pick on Jonah. Let's say Jonah. I'm not saying Jonah would do this. But let's just say, you're just right in my vision line right here. So Jonah... We're walking a narrow road, and he's decided, well, the wide road looks pretty good. <laughs> well, we as a body, we can say, hey, Jonah, <laughs> let's have a conversation and, and try to help Jonah stay. Now, Jonah can still make his choice and do what he wants, but, but we, we as a body of believers can be our brother's keeper. Not in a harsh, judgy, mean way, but say, hey, Jonah, remember, that's destruction. And we want to lose you to the way of destruction. So why don't you stay over here with us? Well, why would you want to go over there? Well, well, okay, all right, well, let, let's, let's help you there. You see what I'm saying? So we got to be there for one another on the narrow road. And, and this way of discipleship, the benefits of life sometimes are as subversive as the destruction on the other road. Sometimes you don't always see it right there in real time. Right? Sometimes, now again, so you have experience with God and God shows up and bam, and you, you just know that you had a, you had a moment, experience. Then, then you go through a season of time where it's just like, what in the world? I'm not feeling anything. I'm not seeing anything. Where's all this life and freedom, you know, that we talk about? And the whole time it's working, but you don't see it. It's subversive. But it is leading to life. That's where perseverance has to kick in. That we keep trudging on this road. 
So uh, we're still in 2021, right? Yeah, so last summer, which seems like a world away, 2020, um, I, I told you this before, <clears throat> I had five friends. I only have five. No, I'm kidding. Um, I have three friends, and the other two guys just came along. Anyways, um, I'm kidding. I took some guys out to the Rockies to do some hiking. I told you this before. And uh, one of the guys, Paul, we've been there before, but the other three guys were newbies, never been. Never even hiked before, really. So for months, I'm telling them, look, here's some gear to get. You better get some boots and break them in. You try to break them out there, your feet are going to be destroyed. You know, so, so we go through this whole thing. So we get out there, and it was amazing because all the shutdowns and lockdowns and everything, and things just opened up like two weeks before we went. It was amazing, and we got our time slots, got, and, and we went and did our hiking. And in three days, we put about 30 miles in the mountains. And I'm not talking 30 miles walking around. I'm talking in the mountains, 30 miles. So now I, I'm telling you that because the first, the second hike we did, I don't remember the mileage of it. <clears throat> we just had a couple miles left, and the guys were, it was done. They were over it. You know what I'm talking about? It was getting hot, and we came down the mountains, and the mosquitoes were going crazy, and their, their, their feet, they're, they're killing them, and they're just like, oh, my goodness. I don't think I can go much further. I'm hurting. I'm tired. I'm being destroyed by bugs. This was supposed to be fun. You know what I'm saying? It's the narrow road. I'm supposed to be experiencing life, but my feet hurt, and the mosquitoes are mauling me, and all this. And you know, it was amazing. We got we got out there to to, to a, like a, a, a transportation pickup to take us back to where we parked, and we didn't realize there was an actually time cap on it. We caught the last bus by 20 minutes, so we didn't miss it. We had to hike then the whole way back. It would have been a disaster. Anyways, they would have sacrificed me on that road, I promise you. But anyways, they were done. And sometimes the narrow road feels that way. This was supposed to be fun, exciting. This was supposed to be life. Why are my feet hurting so bad? Why is my back hurting? I want to take my backpack and just chuck it off the mountain. I don't want to carry this thing anymore, you know? It gets that way. So what I do, if you ever go hiking with me, I always say this, hey, it's just around the corner. I'm not saying I'm lying. I'm encouraging you. That's what I do. I'm just encouraging you to keep going. Listen, it's just, I'm telling you, it, I'm, we keep going. It's not far up. It's just, so in that time, listen, we're not far away, guys. Just, just keep going. We're going to make it. I know your feet hurt. Come on, let's just keep going. You're going to remember the good times and the pictures and all that stuff, and all the things with the waterfalls and all the stuff we saw. Keep going, keep going, and keep going. Sometimes an error road feels like that. You've got to persevere, right? Because, again, as Jesus said, let's go back. See what? For the gate... For the gate, verse 14, for the gate is narrow, and the way is what? Hard, that leads to life. So there are times you're going to feel like you're coming out of a 12-mile hike out of the Rockies. Even though you saw all those amazing things, you're still wanting to quit right there at the end. It's almost like, it's almost like you read the stories in the Old Testament, like the Israelites, they had just got out of Egypt from all these incredible miracles, and they're in the desert complaining about God. 
Why don't we have water? I'm hungry. We should have just stayed there and just died with the Egyptians. God did all that amazing stuff, but then it gets a little hard later. Then we gripe and complain and moan and groan and wish we were back. You see what I'm saying? God did some amazing things, but now I'm in a tough part. I'd just rather go back to the, to the wide road again. It, it seems to be easier there. You see what I'm saying? Now, not one of those guys, Nick, Tim, Jake, Paul, or Mike, not one of those guys would tell you, man, I wish I never did that. Now, we will laugh about that last stretch of that second hike. We'd still talk about it. They're just like, that was awful. My feet hurt so bad. Blisters everywhere, you know. But they would say, I'd do that again. Because of all the incredible things they saw, you know. Don't give up all the amazing things of God just because the narrow road gets hard sometimes. Don't forget the other way is destruction. When the narrow road gets a little tough and there's some persecution, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of people there with you. Keep going. That's discipleship. That's the call. And Jesus is there the whole time. He's just saying, listen, keep going. We're not that far away. Keep after, just around the bend. It, I'm telling you, you're going to get there. And you're going to get into a new season. And things are going to perk up for you. And things are going to change. Right? But you got to keep going. And don't give up and don't quit. Don't be enticed to get off the narrow road. Because it's easy to do that. God's taking us somewhere. Do you believe God's taking you somewhere? Stay with him. Stay with him. I believe with all of my heart that you can do this. I believe that. I believe in you, and, and I've said this a hundred times, I believe in you because I believe in God. And I believe that you can do this with all of my heart because Jesus is with us, and he's going to help you. And not only is he going to lead you, there are times he's going to pick you up, there's going to be times he drags you, there's times he's, he's going to make it happen. But you've got to stay with it. Lean on each other, even though there's a few that were still there. there there's a remnant. Listen, we're, we're, we're going for it. We're going for it. We're going to make it. Don't give up. Don't slide over into destruction. Amen? So, so those guys, by the way, we, we have a, a hike we've got planned coming up. Why in the world would they do that again with me? Because even though when we get done with that hike, their feet are going to hurt. They're going to be tired. You know what I'm saying? The backpack, you shouldn't pack a whole lot on this one, but it gets a little heavy. Because all the good things, because of it, are going to be there. And they know that. They remember it from the last time. Amen? Same deal. Let's keep going. Let's do this together. Okay? Point, point your neighbor and say, we're going to do this together. Tell them, we're going to do this together. We're doing it together. All right? You don't got to do this alone. Don't tell, don't tell me you're alone. You're not alone. I don't want to hear it. You tell me you're alone, I'm going to bring you right up here. I'm going to say, look at all these people. 
go talk to one of them. All right, have a good day. That's all I'm going to do. Go talk to somebody. Go pray with you. All right, let's, let's do this together. Amen? All right. Robert Frost. You guys know who Robert Frost is? He's an American poet, right? Robert Frost said, he, I don't read poetry, but I knew this. Whatever reason I knew this. Robert Frost said, two roads diverged in the woods, and I, I took the one less traveled. And that has made all the difference. That's the narrow road. Well, when, when, you get, when you get to the diverging roads, take the one less traveled. That's the way of life. Amen? Let's pray. John Muir said, by the way, John Muir said, this has nothing to do with my message, but John Muir said, get on a trail and make sure some of them are dirt. Anyway, that has nothing to do with it, but get outside. Anyhow, um, let's pray. <laughs> Lord, Lord Jesus, we want to follow you. Be your disciples. We don't just want to claim a status of salvation and forgiveness, but we want to live life with you. Willingness, obedience, perseverance, even when our feet hurt and, and we get blisters or we fall down and bloody our knees up or the, or the pack gets heavy. I pray, Lord, we learn how to lean on one another and we rebuke the lie of the enemy that, that we're alone, that you're with us and we're doing this together. We're in this together. We're growing together. We're helping one another. We're, we're learning to live the Jesus way together. I pray, Lord, by conviction, by, by the word, by encouragement from one another, we, we stay on the, the narrow road because it leads to life. And, Lord, we want all the life that you can give us here and, and, and the life to come. Lord, for those that we know that have, have diverged off the, the narrow road and they're, they're, they're hanging out on, on the wide road that leads to destruction, we, we call them back. We pray for a conviction in their heart, a renewal of fervency for you in their life. We call them back, Lord. I pray, Jesus, that, that even though we'll, the, the narrow road will always be in minority, we pray that we're rescuers in this world and we're always bringing people onto that road with us. And then helping them, not just, not just bringing them to, by sharing the gospel. Once they respond, we help them walk this discipleship thing out. So I thank you, Jesus, for that opportunity. We pray for many, many disciples in the house. Long-term discipleship, long obedience in the same direction. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, before we close, this is what I want you to do. I want you to pray about somebody, one, two, three people that you know, they're on the wide road. And they may not even know it, but it's destruction. It's subversively happening. Maybe it's somebody that you know that, that at one point was very fervent for Jesus and they, they just got off path. Or maybe it's somebody that's, that's never had, that you know has never been with Jesus. I want you to pray 
on your own. Then when you're done, you, you can get up. But I just want you to pray. I think we need to be, now we pray at the front of service about <clears throat> things in our world, but don't forget to pray about that stuff too. We're rescuers. One of our values at the church, we're rescuers. Okay? Maybe somebody that, that used to come to church and they've kind of here and they just kind of, and they're kind of, they're not attending somewhere, so it's kind of floating out there. Pray, you know, that the Holy Spirit get a hold of them. Bring them home. Okay? So on your own, just, just do that for a minute, then, then you're dismissed. Okay?